Uh, welcome to Radiant 17. Uh, uh, we just, we just, we're grateful. We're grateful for God's goodness. And so when we're waiting on the Lord and we know, I think that's why the Lord wanted me to read um, Psalms 1. Psalms 1 says, um, uh, he, we delight in the law of the Lord day and night. We delight in the law of the Lord day and night. And when you delight in something, you really like it. You love it. You enjoy it. You want to, you want it all the time. It's like you delight in you. De, you take you delight in a, a person, or you delight, or you, or one of the, your favorite desserts is your delight, your heart's desire. And when you delight in something, there is a strong desire. You love it. You you enjoy it. And so he says, "My, you're, He's talking about the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, doesn't stand in the way of sinners, but he, you know, he doesn't hang out with the scornful. But his delight." is in the law of the Lord. That is interesting. His delight is in the law of the Lord. If you if you go back and read that, you know, that part is delight. It's interesting. I had that part delighted, I mean, highlighted. And the Lord said, I just want you to read that part because that part is is the major part. It's not about it's not about the counsel of the ungodly or or standing in the place of sinners or or sitting in the seat of scornful. But he says the major part is that he delights, he or she delights in the law of the Lord. Because in his law, they meditate day and night. They think on it. They don't just delight in it. Because when you delight on it, you like it. You really, you think about it. It's in your mind. The, the, the Bible says, whatsoever things that are good and perfect and beautiful and of good report, there be any virtue, be any praise, meditate. What? On these things. Well, you, you're only going to find those attributes, those beautiful attributes, you're going to find them in the word. The word uh, exemplifies each one of those things. And as you meditate on the word, you're thinking of things, something that's pure and holy and righteous, something that has a good report, something that has virtue, which means power and authority, you know, something that has praise. When you're meditating on the word, the word of God has all those things in it. And so as you're meditating, you're thinking on those things. You're thinking on the goodness of God. You're thinking on um, um, God's uh, justice and mighty right hand, all the attributes of who he is, all his names that speak about who he is. You're meditating on those things. And as you meditate and think about those things, something is happening in you. You're allowing what you're meditating on to come down and fall into your heart. And as it moves from here, from head knowledge, and it becomes something that lands in the heart, in your ground here, it is there where transformation begins to take form. It is it is there where you meditate on something enough, you become what you're meditating. Because the Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. So whatever you're meditating on, um, those are the things that you have this, there's a, uh, there's a potential for those things to be a reality in your life. It's like these, the head knowledge or, or just a, a brain activity, all that thoughts that are hanging up here are potential energy. They're potential. They have a potential to become something in your life, but they haven't because either you haven't meditated on it, you haven't thought about it enough, you haven't entertained it in your heart enough, where the place where you start to believe it, because whatever you entertain, you gotta be careful. When you entertain something enough, it, 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 it's a good chance that you're going to believe. And once you believe it, then you've received it. It's been planted. 
and then it becomes something. So that's why the Bible says, as a man think, if so is he, or so he becomes. And then if that is the truth, then what's going to come out of your mouth? What you have believed, what you believe to be true. That's why the Bible says it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out of him. So if I'm meditating on the wrong things, then the wrong things are going to be planted here in my heart or eventually going to come out of my mouth or come out in my actions. And so he says, his delight, but the one who delights in me, delights in my word, delights in my word, then he understands in the word or in the law of God, he, he understands God's nature, God's will. We all say, well, God, what's your will? It's in the word. God, what, how, who are you? It's in the word. Everything you want to know about who he is is in the word. What his will is, what he what he wouldn't do, what he what he would do is in the word. And as you meditate on it, as you think about it, the word isn't just there to come to come to life in your life. It's there to transform you first. The word wants to transform you so that when it becomes tangible and reality in your life around you externally, you eat internally can manage and steward what is externally happening around you. It doesn't just go there first and then you, it happens from the inside out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we want to meditate on God's word because it's got to be planted somewhere and, and God's word is intended to be planted in us because he always is getting you ready and preparing you for what he has fitly framed before you. It's almost like he says, I go before you to prepare a place. And when I come again, I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there will you be also. That, what, that scripture isn't just talking about going to go prepare a place in heaven and then come back and get you. That God goes before us. He's not just with us as a rear guard, but he goes before us to prepare the way. When he's ready, when you are ready, when, when the word is done, what it needs to do in you, then he can come get you. He can come lead you. He can show you where you're, you're supposed to land. He's already got that ready. He's got you ready. So the word is moving and working and doing things, not just in the uh, a scene, because I think that's what we're waiting for. We're always waiting for the, the experience of the word and understanding that the first experience of the word is you. You are the first partaker of what you're reading. And as you digest it, as you receive it, it's going to work on you first. It's going to retrofit you. It's going to fortify you. It's going to cause you to be steadfast and unmovable. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to revive you. It's going to go into areas where the Bible says in John 17, he says that, he says that, he says, wash yourself for truth. He said, what is truth? Truth is the word. The word of God washes you. It's the, it's, the, it's the supernatural soap that washes your soul. If you want your soul to be healed, you want your soul to walk in healing, then you need the word. The word will wash your soul. It will, it's, it's, it's the healing balm of Gilead for your soul, for those wounds, for those disappointments, for the brokennesses there. The word of God, his narrative is fully him. And it's the bomb of Gilead that goes in and heals and restores and renews. And so meditating on God's word isn't just uh, having head knowledge. Head knowledge doesn't you no good if there's no breath of God on it or if you haven't put your faith to it. You get what I'm saying or you hear what I'm saying? You need to put your faith to the word of God because the word of God will just be head knowledge. If, 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 the, um, 
if the if the atheists actually believe the scriptures, may they be walking around in power because they read scripture not for the purpose to believe, they read it to argue with you. They read every part of the Bible to refute you. They want to argue. So an atheist or an, or a person that is academically um, 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 you know, uh, an overachiever, they have, they have this goal to learn and gain knowledge for the purpose to be able to speak to whomever. If they want to debate, then they're gathering information, they're gathering different perspectives and different insights on, on all, all subjects for the purpose that they can argue well with you. You hear what I'm saying? They can argue well with you. They can art articulate and express well. But we want to take it a little bit further and we want to truly empower what we believe and see it come take shape and form in our lives around us. That's why the Bible says God spoke the world, spoke the word in the world, spoke the word of he used the word of faith. That's a tongue twister. He he used he spoke the world into existence by his word the word of faith, he fitly frames, and he gives us that same authority to fitly frames. I know I said this last week, and I, I'm pushing this, I'm, my, I'm, I'm majoring on this because God really wants his people to begin to speak to things. He wants you to begin to speak to situations. He wants you to begin to sit with him and, and, and prepare your next three to six months. What are you getting ready to do? What is, what is the coming new year bringing? What do you want to see? What are you, are you ready to dream with God? And then not only dream with him, do you believe what you're dreaming for? Do you believe this is possible? Are you willing to dare to believe that it's possible? Because if you dare to believe it here, it can become a reality. It has a chance to become a reality. It has a chance to perfect uh, its ability to give it life. So we have something to bring life. We have something to make it come to life. Because if, if we didn't, then none, no bad stuff would happen. I think sometimes we have more faith in the bad than we do the good things. The, the bad things seem so easy. A lot of times some of those things are familiar to us. So you tend to have faith for the things that are familiar and things that are not familiar. Or you don't have no grid for, you're challenged. But what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain if you are allowed to take just a little bit of faith and believe. Just dare to believe that, man, this could be possible. And if you if you give God that, the Lord will take that little bit and show you what's possible to cause you to build your faith so that you can step into it. So when you think about delighting in the word of the Lord, you can be delighting in God's word that was spoken to you as a prophetic word. We don't chase prophetic words, but we what? We sit on them. We we pray them through. We chase the one who gave it. But I'm, if I'm going to hold on to it, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to pray it through. I'm going to proclaim it until I see it take shape and form. I plead the blood of Jesus over whatever it takes. I'm going to meditate on that word. I'm going to let that word, because here's the thing. Anything that God speaks to you far as rhema, meaning a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a prophetic word, um, about you know your life in that word if you allow it it will unfold the word isn't just the word there's more to the word the bible says in psalms 105 it says that the word of the lord tried joseph 
What Joseph didn't understand was that all the dreams that he was having, because we understand words or God's word is not just in audio or just written down, but God's word is pictorial, meaning it's in dreams. You can see, you can get a word of the Lord in a dream. You can get a word of the Lord in a vision or an open vision. You can get a word of the Lord in a trance. You can get a word of the Lord in an encounter with the Lord, with an angel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you can receive the word of the Lord. The question is, once you have, once it's been presented to you, what are you going to do with it? Because it isn't magic. It doesn't just, whoo, and it's here. Not always. Sometimes, some things, God has got a time release on it. Because why? Because that word is not going to just take shape and form in your life. That word has also got to get you ready. In Psalms 105, it says that the word of the Lord tried Joseph. What did he mean by tried Joseph? It meant it prepared Joseph. It refined Joseph because Joseph as a young man was a very arrogant kid. Even though he was going to be great, God was going to use him greatly. He His gift was going to take him to the palace. He was going to be uh, he, the government of God was going to rest on him and, and that type of authority was going to allow him to, to adjudicate over things. It was going to allow him to save the known world at that time. He didn't know the full manifold wisdom of his dreams. All he saw in the dreams was that he was going to be over his brothers. And when he told him, he told him in such a, in such an arrogant way and they were irritated with him because he was dad's favorite. But then he gets to the place he has this other dream where he's not just over his brothers, but he's even over mom and dad. Now dad's like, okay, you you got beside yourself. Now you think you're going to be better than me? But then Jacob had to really think about it because Jacob had dreams. So he began to really start looking at it, you know, like, okay, Lord, is this something on this dream? Is there something on this dream? No one knows because God is just showing you the end result. So a lot of times in a dream, a dream reveals the ending from the beginning. Hence the scripture says that I declared the what? The ending from the beginning. So God will reveal something about the end to you in the beginning. So you'll get a sense that this is where it's supposed to land. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. But in the meantime, I got to meditate on what he spoke to me because if I meditate on it, then it unpacks, then it unravels, then it begins to speak to me, then it begins to do what it needs to do because why? What he's telling me, I'm not ready for. The problem that we're having sometimes is when people receive something like a word or the word of scripture jumps out at you and you think in that moment, you're ready. Like, uh, I'll use an example. Um, one good example is like somebody could walk up and say, I see you have the office of a prophet. You have this prophetic mantle on you and God is calling you to be a prophet to the nations and you're, you're going to build up and tear down and you're going to go places and speak life over things. You're going to see things shift and change and blah, 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 the whole bit. And you're like, it's a big word. You're like, whoa, it's a big word. You can feel the grace. You can feel the presence of God on it. You, 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 you just feel, you feel it coming on you. The bad part is a lot of people believe the moment that word is released, then you begin, then they want you ready to move in that. There is an anointing. What God will do is he, that is the anointing that 
that uh, of announcement, if I could say it that way. God is proclaiming and revealing and announcing to your community who you are. This is a call. This is one. This is not just who you are, because who you are is a son, a daughter, the bride, a friend. But that office of prophet is something you do. You get what I'm saying? So it's never your identity. It is something you're called to do. It is the way God is going to facilitate the kingdom through the things that he's given you to do. Does that make sense? And so as he is bringing that to your attention, you're not ready yet. He's just announcing it. So there's this anointing to announce, to reveal, to make known to you, and that grace comes on you. Now, when that grace comes on you, that anointing comes on you, it's coming to do what? Something in you first, before it ever becomes life externally around you. Are you hear what I'm saying? And so in that space, before you ever see any manifestation on the outside, you have you you feel this inward begin to take shape and form god will begin to do things inwardly to get you ready for those things and so joseph was not ready to be governor over over the known world that's where he ended up he was governor over egypt and egypt was like in the united states today it was a superpower over the known world and so he was governing he was governing the world he had, and so what does that tell you about us? We are meant to be governing spirits. We're meant to govern things because we are ambassadors for, for the kingdom of God. We're meant to carry the sovereignty of God to execute and do things that God has called us to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are more than a person that sits in a church pew. You're more than the people that just do the little programs and, and you're part of the little things that the church wants to do. Honey, you're meant to be over things. But before you can be over things or before that can take shape and form and be a reality, you got to be faithful over the small things. It is in the small things that God will mold and shape and perfect you. It is in that space where God will begin to change your mind because you got paradigms that don't agree with what God said you are. You got belief systems in you that don't coincide with what God said that you are. And you will be at odds with what God is saying, even though the word felt great your presence of god felt great but then reality sets in and now you got to give god your yes daily so that you can see this thing that was spoken come to reality a lot of mantles and a lot of things don't come to reality because people don't give god their yes they stop with the yes oh no i don't want to do none of that i thought this was magically going to happen or i thought this was going to take shape and form like i'll, I'll tell you sometimes people are told they are they carry the office of a prophet because i see that a lot and and right away they think they're that if you actually took time to read scripture and look what prophets go through. A lot of people would not be rushing to be a prophet. Because I'm going to tell you, are you ready to proclaim God's word when it doesn't seem favorable? Prophets didn't just proclaim the, the marshmallow goodness of God all the time. Sometimes the prophets spoke judgment. They spoke the truth. If you was in trouble, they came and they declared and they said, this is the word of the Lord. You don't get it together. <laughs> All this is falling apart. They didn't, they didn't sugarcoat anything. They didn't give you ice cream and, and bubble gum and, and, and all that nonsense. They spoke truth. They, 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 a prophet is 
he is a person, he or she is a person that gives God their yes and their duty is to proclaim and reveal the heart of the Father to a people, to a nation. They are, they are, they are called to shift things. They're called to move things in the spirit. They're called to tear down and pull up and they're called to, let's, let's read that. Let's read that in Isaiah, Isaiah, no, Jeremiah, because God gives a format and understanding of what that is. I don't know why we're going this way, but we're going to follow this way. We're going to go this way because this is what the Holy Spirit wants to talk about tonight. It says here, when Jeremiah was young, the Lord lets Jeremiah know, and, and the Old Testament is for our learning. We learn how God deals with man so that we can better understand how he is moving and breathing with us. And so Jeremiah was a young man when God called and then the Lord tells him in, uh, in Jeremiah one, he says this here in verse four, it says, then the word of the Lord came saying, before I formed you in the belly, that means the belly of your mom, I knew thee. So God knew each and every one of you on here before you were ever here, before you were ever formed, before your mom and dad got together and, and had relations and conceived you, and then you begin to form, God said, I knew you, you and me were together before you were ever here. And then when it was time for you at the right time to be born, to come into reality and, and to come into this realm to do the thing, then God, I released you to come in and then you begin to be formed. You begin to take shape and form, whether you were gonna be a boy, girl, you're gonna be, you know, Hispanic, black, white, your nationality, whether you're going to be born in this kind of family, that kind of family, your, your skills, all those things were figured in because it's all part of what God has sent you here to do. Tells in this, he says, and he says, and he says, before you came out of the womb, I sanctify you. So God sanctified your calling. It's already been sanctified by heaven. Heaven is in agreement. It's like, it's like an expector, if you're expecting some um, some product, the inspector puts his stamp on it before it ever reaches the shelf, before it ever gets on the truck to get to the market, to the shelf where they can sell it, the stamp of approval that says this is sanctified. This is already ready to be, to do what needs to be done. And so he sanctifies you. Your call is sanctified by God. And then it goes on and says here, I have ordained you. So not only you're sanctified, but I have ordained you. So God has ordained you already. This is all in the spirit. I want you to understand this. You are sanctified, approved of by God and ordained in the spirit. So heaven has already done it. But this is, I want to teach you a principle tonight. A principle is this. Heaven and earth have to be in agreement about who you are. Heaven and earth needs to be in agreement for that to unravel, take shape and form here on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, heaven, it's already done. It's already done already, but it needs to manifest here. And so he says here, I've sanctified thee and I've ordained thee as a prophet to the nations. Now he's done this all in the spirit. And then we find after you're born and after you begin to grow up, you begin to learn all these things, learn these different things you should learn, all these things, you finally find Jesus on this side of glory. And then now you start going to church and, you, and then God, what? Reveals to you that I've called you to be a prophet, but what he's telling you 
is being revealed to you, but it's really you remembering the conversation that you and God had way back when, before you were ever here, when you were with him in that realm, in that aspect of glory. I love Jesus says this in John 17. He says this, he says, Father, take me back to the glory that I knew when I was with you. This is Jesus, the human, the son of man, speaking to the Lord as he's closing up his earthly ministry. He tells God about, he says, God, I want to go back to the glory when I was with you. He's talking about when he was in eternity with the Father, one with him, just in that space. He said, I want to go back to that. I miss that. I long for that because even though I had to come and do what needs to be done, it is nothing like being with you. And that's how we should feel here on the earth. Right now in this moment, there is nothing like being with King Jesus. Can I get an amen? I'll, I'll say I'll, amen. I feel that way. There's nothing like being with the Lamb of God. There's nothing like being with him. And if you don't feel that way, we're going to pray for you tonight because you should. That's how amazing and beautiful he is. There's nothing like his love. There's nothing like his presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so he tells him, says, you've been done. This has all been done. I've ordained it. I've, it's already set in place in the heavens. Now, that which is in heaven needs to come here on earth as it is in heaven so that there is an agreement, so that there's a oneness, so that there's a synergy between heaven and earth, so that that which heaven wants to take shape and form in the life of you here or life of those that are going to listen to this video, it will happen. That's why the prayer in John, in Matthew 6, it says, it says, our father, which art in heaven, holy is his name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven so that there's a oneness, there's a synergy between heaven and earth. And heaven and earth needs to be in agreement about what's going on here. And so on this side, just like, just like King David, King David was already going to be a king. He was going to be anointed king and, and, and prophet and high priest. But what? It had to be done over here on this side. After he's in this realm, Samuel comes along and anoints him and announces he's going to be king. But he's not king yet. You're anointed. So the grace, the mantle, and all that that is supposed to be on your life is there present on you. So when your pastor calls you out after under the leading of the Lord or a prophet or apostle calls you out and gets a word of the Lord and says, this is who you, this is what God is saying about you. You're called to do this. What is being released to you is a grace, is, is a mantle, a grace, an anointing, faith, hope. All that you need is in that, in that what is being said to you. Now, in that moment, once you receive it, once it lands, your job is to allow it to plant, allow it to take root, shape, and form. And again, it's going to hit up against a, a lot of things that are contrary to what God says you are. Cause some of you may feel unworthy to be called a prophet or to be called to that office. Ah, I can't do that. I just, I, I, no, 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 you can't. You don't know you can't because you have lived this life on this side of glory and you've gone through things you've been through this and been through that you've got mindsets that have been shaped by things that have happened to you externally and that have hurt you 
internally or you've come to believe because people spoke these things into you. So by the time you get to this place where you're receiving this, you're not ready to walk in that yet. That is then introduced to you to show you why you are here. Now we can begin to move and breathe in the plan of God. Now we can begin to step in. Let's, I want to read a little bit further. It goes on. He tells him this and he says, I want you to tell you, he says, now I've called you to be a prophet. And he says this here. He says, but the word, but the Lord says unto me, say not that I'm a child. Cause he spoke, I, I'm just a child. So say not that I'm a child. I send thee. He says, whatsoever I command thee, you will speak. Be not afraid of their faces. I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord says unto him, he says, Then the Lord put forth his hands and touched his mouth and said, The Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Why? Why is putting his words in his mouth? Because without words, without seed, nothing will manifest. Nothing will become apparent. Nothing, we won't see the glory of God full of grace and truth. Why? Because when he puts his words in his mouth and he proclaims these things, then that which he's speaking is fitly framing what God is saying is going to take shape and form in reality externally. Not just internally, but externally around. So he's proclaiming and speaking the realities of God, the realities of God in, in, in our lives today. And so he puts his word in his mouth. And so you are now a carrier of God's word. Well, if you're going to be a carrier of God's word, whether you are a prophet or not, you should be stewarding God's word. You should want to meditate on God's word. You should want to delight in God's words because God's word is spirit and life. And all you got to do is believe it and it activates and it comes life into your life. Amen. And so now he tells him, he says, I've given you, see, I put you today. I set you over nations, over the kingdoms and to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. He's given him, letting him know this is what I've called you to do. So this is what this, this is this grace. This is what's in the grace, in the anointing, in this word that I've given you. And so I want you to understand this. And so this is what God would do if a, a man of God or woman of God spoke over you, gave you that. You are to take back what you got in that encounter and say, God, what are you saying? What does this mean to me as a person? What does that look like? Am I a prophet in the marketplace? Am I, what does that look like? Am I going to be a prophet to a community or, 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 or actually go to actually nations? And some prophets actually go to different manuscripts. Uh, you know, uh, dign dignitaries in different countries, and they speak a word of the Lord to them. They, they give them God's counsel for that nation, for that country, for that place. And so we are called, and so God will map all that out. But you are not ready the moment that word released to you. No, you're not. So I'm saying that because I want you to understand, because there are people that are moving and breathing and stuff that they're not ready for. And if you're not careful, the very thing that was given to you can crush you. Because what God does is when the Bible says that the word of the Lord tried Joseph, prepared Joseph, got Joseph ready for what God destined him for, it was getting him, retrofitting him, preparing him so that what? He, his character would be able to house the, the moving of the spirit would be able to house all the things that God wants to do so that what? When he got into that space where God had him, he would have integrity. And we see that in his story, he has integrity because when he is given 
an opportunity. And that woman, the Pharaoh, uh, not Pharaoh, but Potiphar's wife who tried to um, make a pass at him, that was actually a shortcut. What do I mean by that? If he would have given into that, she would have given him anything he wanted as long as that was available for her. Are you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how the enemy works. Well, well, hey, why don't you go this way? And if Joseph would have succumbed to that and 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 betrayed his his boss and and slept with Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar's wife, yeah, he would have he would have got some favors from her. She would have made sure Joseph would have been in front of everything. She would have spoken to her husband's ear, put Joseph here, put Joseph there, put Joseph here. Why? But she would put him where what? She had access to him. The problem with that is, is you can only go as far as she will allow you her reaches. Because why? She's not going to put you outside of her reach. She's going to put you within her reach. That's the enemy. That's how he works. So that what? He can always have a hand and he can always control what you do. So if you decide that you don't want to do that anymore, you want to do something else, you want to be noble and you think this is no good or you want to decide to be with somebody else, guess what's going to happen? She's going to pull all the cards and let your world crumb, crumble down. That's what it is if Joseph would have went that way. That's what it is if that stuff is presented to you because that's what the enemy wants to do. He'll set you up. He'll put you there, but he holds... He holds the string that he could pull it, that everything would fall apart and you would, you would come tumbling down. He wants that control. So if Joseph would have succumbed to that, he would have said him, he would have forfeited what God had showed him initially years prior. But instead, he exhibits integrity. He's not going to betray his boss. He runs and he gets accused falsely of something he didn't do ends up in prison but because the grace and the goodness and the anointing on god is still on him it doesn't matter where he is the bible says joseph found favor even in the prison he found favor and he became head over the things and so there was just this sense of joseph was always going to be a leader he was always going to be because that was the anointing that was what was on him the wisdom that was on him, he just knew how to find favor and be in the right places. That's what that's what it did. But it was preparing him. Had Joseph encountered that situation when he first received the word of the Lord in that dream or vision, Joseph would have succumbed. He would have fell to that because he would have been like, oh, man, this this cute girl likes me. And uh, yes, I know he would have fell for that. But he's walked with God a little bit. And, he's, and, and some of the integrity, some of the fruits of the spirit have been built up in him. And now he's ready to, to, to stand and when he gets tested, he doesn't succumb to that. No, he, he keeps pushing, even if it meant. And that's an interesting thing because the thought tonight that I felt God wanted to, to deal with, he talked about in, not being offended by when you do something justice justified and an injustice things happens to you because you stand for justice case in point paul and the woman who's moving in definition and she's constantly proclaiming who these guys are him and silas but paul recognizes that's not the spirit of god that's a demonic spirit who's moving in definition in her in this young girl so he turns around commands that spirit to come out well, guess what? 
she worked for a guy who had a fortune teller business. Now he's out of business because his 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 Python spirit daughter, his Python spirit uh, worker, who's moving in the Python spirit, which is another word for definition, she can't proclaim, she can't tell lies anymore. She can't give people false um, false narratives anymore. She can't tell them. See, a, a, a spirit of definition can only tell you about like stuff that you've done, stuff that you're still doing. Can't tell you the future, but it'll give you a suggested future. And so it'll fortune tell. It'll pick up on things that you like and then speak into that. And if you're not careful, you'll embrace that. Sometimes some of that is moving in church. Sometimes some of the words that you got, so you got to take what you get and take it back to the Lord because some things that are being said, isn't God saying this? And the problem is if you don't have enough sense to take what you got and understand that what God is, what if God is speaking, it's a beginning of a conversation that you need to go back with the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to elaborate because I know that there's more to this word than just what was spoken. There's more to this word than the presence I felt. There's more. And I know you hold the rest of it. You hold the manifest wisdom of the word that is received. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so if I've approached it that way, then God's going to unfold to me and unravel to me clearly what this is going to look like as it's doing something in me. If that word isn't from the Lord, the Lord is going to let you know that did not come from me. That came from the enemy. So don't be quick to receive things because the moment you receive it, I don't care how amazing it sounds, how, how great it is. If you don't know in your, in that moment that it's the Lord, don't receive it. Take it to the Lord. And even if you know it's the Lord, take it back to the Lord. Cause again, you only got a part. You don't have the full picture. You don't have what it looks like. And you need, if this is from God, you need to walk this out with the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so if you don't allow patience to have its perfect work or allow that word of God to do what it needs to do, it can crush you. That word, that gift, that, that thing that you're called to can crush you. And it could have crushed Joseph, but Joseph didn't succumb to that. And sometimes we look at people. Joseph is in prison and he hears about two guys over here. And these two guys talk about something that happened. I had a dream. Joseph's got that gift. It's part of his mantle that's on his life. He can interpret dreams. And so he says, tell me your dream. So he tells the one and the one he gives, he gives the one that doesn't sound favorable for him. That one got mad with him. The other one was going to be restored. And he tells him, man, remember me, man, remember me, hook me up, tell the Pharaoh about me, you know, let me know. But guess what? If you're not done with the process of God, no one can give you the homeboy hookup. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be hooked up. You cannot be hooked up because your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Your gift makes room for you. How is it making room for it? By perfecting you, by doing something in you internally first. And as it does, then God, through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, will allow you be, to be positioned in the right places that you need to be positioned. He will allow you to be in a place long before you're ever needed, but you're stationed there. You may not understand why you're there. You may be, I'm so tired of being here. 
I, I'm done being here. I just want to move on because why you don't feel like it means anything or it seems like I'm not serving any purpose. There is a purpose in what God is doing. So remember, doesn't it, if it hasn't become what God said, he's still working on it. It's always the inward and then what? Instantly, the outward begins to manifest because most of the work is always internal. When you look internal, when you look at a tree being planted, most of the work is below the surface of the earth because without it, above it can't live, can't be sustained, can't come to fruition, let alone bear any fruit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you need the underground to be solidified to be established, to be put in play so that that can establish and sustain what you are supposed to be to everybody else because what God is giving you isn't just for you, but it's for them that are around you. Do you delight in the word now? Because we can delight in God's word when it's good, when it's great, when it sounds great, but sometimes that delight is lost a little bit because when you see that word begin to mold and shape and hit on things that need to be dealt with in you now you god's not so delighted i don't i'm mad with the lord or i'm upset or i'm bent out of shape and and it's got me yeah well because that word has got to do what it needs to do so that you can become and be what you need to be the bible says be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Guess what? That word that you receive is breaking your conformity. You used to look like the world. You had a thought process like the world and God is breaking that all down. He's tearing that all down. Why? Because he's going to build you a fresh and a new kingdom mind, kingdom way. He's, you're going to think kingdom way. You're going to think like Christ Jesus because he said, he that he foreknew, he foreordained to be conformed to the image of his son. And his son, his son Jesus, is the example of who we are conformed to be. And so you are being changed into that. So when you receive that word, that word is getting rid of your conformity, but it's also renewing your mind, your heart, because there are core values that you've come to believe that are contrary to what God has spoken. And that's where the fight begins. That's where the that's where the tug of war begins because you're wrestling with wanting to receive what God is saying, but you believe this to be true because this is a core value and God's got to come in and rip that thing out so he can put truth in it because it's his truth that is spirit and life and that will give you life. And that thing that you believe the lie will only cause you to die. Lies will only keep you bound and and keep you uh keep your development arrested and you'll never step into what god has for you because it's a lie and the enemy has to keep that lie going to make you believe that something's really happening but nothing is really happening because guess what the fruit that it bears is never it's never good no good thing can bear bad fruit and no bad thing can bear good fruit. So a lie can never bear anything good. It gives the appearance of something, but in reality, it is bad. And you'll see it if you keep holding on to it. You'll see that the thing that you're holding on to that's a lie will not give you any life. It'll it'll cause you to be depressed. It'll cause you to be disappointed. It'll call it'll cause you to be broken. It will cause more damage than it was if you would have let it go. But when we embrace truth, 
Truth gives you life. Truth is healing. Truth shines the light on areas where you need to let go so that what truth can come in and clean it all up and get it nice and good and then give you narrative. And that narrative is what you need. And so Joseph now is given the word and that man forgot all about him. Nothing's happening. And he's thinking like, man, when am I ever going to, you know, when is this ever going to be a reality? Some of us are in that, that have been in that space or maybe in that space now think, God, is everything you said is going to be reality? Is this all going to take shape and form? Because why? He never told you the in-between. He just gave you sound bits. He gave you uh, vision bits of what it's going to look like, but he didn't tell you what he was going to take you through to get there. Because if he told you, you we would never do any of it. Sorry. There's not a person on this earth that would walk out the stuff that God laid out if he laid it out for you. You'd be like, uh-uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to do that. So he doesn't tell you. But he tells you what it's going to look like. And all you have to do is you have to trust that God's plan is good, that he's going to be good to you. He can only do good. He's going to lead you into good. And he's not going to stop until it's good. That's what it is to trust God. As he's allowing what he's spoken over your life to take shape and form. And so Joseph is still there. And all of a sudden, Joseph is in Egypt. He spent, if I'm correct, he spent 13 years in Egypt. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to go through for 13 years. That's Joseph's life. So don't liken his life. All I know, all you need to know is that there's a process. That's what I talked to you about today. When I talked to you, I said earlier, I said, some things God can do instantly. Bam. And then we get we get accustomed to that and we think like everything is going to happen like that. That's where we get this appearance that God that the things of God are like magic. God's not magic. There's no magic in God. <laughs> but then when God actually challenges us to walk through, we're like, wait, hold on. I don't know if this is the Lord because the last time he just did it and it instantly happened. Those instant things were to build your faith to show you that God can. So that when you did walk it out, you would know that he could and walk the thing out because some things are time released and it cannot happen until what needs to be done is done in you. That's why Joseph couldn't uh, get hooked up by the guy and, 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 and find his way out of, the, out of the, he had to wait. And the Bible says, I believe he waited a few more years after that encounter because he was not done because the Bible says the word of the Lord tried Joseph until what? The time. So there is a beginning time and there is a set time. Same thing for David. David got told he was going to be king. That was the beginning of his 20 year journey running from Saul. And he got anointed. But then that anointing was to take him into this other anointing of presentation where David now is anointed to be king over Judah. Because Judah and Israel were not together, but the word of the Lord was that he was going to be king over what? Israel. So being king over Judah was a partial fulfillment, but not a fulfillment. But now everybody is seeing, okay, David really, okay, he really was going to be king. He wasn't crazy. He wasn't just talking nonsense, you know. You know, for a minute, we, we believe, but we thought, nah, I don't think so. I think Saul always going to be king, or I think David is crazy. I mean, now we see David king over Judah because now Saul, Saul his oppressor, who was oppressing him and was, was the um, instrument that God used 
to kind of mold and shape and prepare him. Now he's moved out of the way. So we see that even in Joseph's situation, things that were used to get you ready, to challenging you, put you in situations, uh, and allow you to be in situations where you build a conviction, you build character, you see from a bad situation how things should be. Because if we were in a good situation, you'll never gain any conviction. But you have conviction. So when people talk to you and you speak to them about stuff, they hear the conviction in your voice. They can tell you have walked through this and had to hold it together with integrity, with the Lord, through the situation and you got to the other side. You're not somebody who has just superficially read this in the textbook or you just walked through it and you really, it didn't require nothing. I'm gonna tell you, walking with God, whether you are an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or whether you're just a saint that doesn't carry that, but you got other giftings, discipleship costs. The walk with the Lord costs. It's going to cost you what? Everything. Like a friend says, salvation is free, but discipleship costs. Because <laughs> you got to give God your yes every day. Every day to see what he's doing. Because why? He that is, he that you're beholding and, and, and mindful of and constantly mindful is the one whom you're looking at in the mirror. And if you continue looking at him in the mirror, you become who you are beholding. So who are you beholding? If the word of God is ever before you, if you delight in the word, you're going to become the thing that you're beholding. You're going to become the thing that you're meditating on. You're going to become the thing that you're constantly feeding on and sitting with and letting it marinate because that thing is not only uh, um, set to shift and change things in you, but it's turning you into something. Who is it turning into? The one who is the word. Who is the word? Christ Jesus. He is the word. And so you're going to be the expression of who God is in any given situation that God placed you to, in any sphere of influence that he's sending you to. And in this case, Joseph was going to be government. So he was going to be, he was going to be Yahweh in government, in human form, in the face of Joseph. Joseph was going to be that expression to Pharaoh and them, and it's going to show them how kingdomly we can get through this ugly time that's getting ready to come. I'm going to show you kingdom-wise because your your way and your will won't make the people because you'll take care of your own and you'll forget everybody else but god's kingdom is about everybody it touches everybody god's kingdom is a house of god it is a is a house of prayer for all nations so god wants to touch everybody so the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that Joseph was in Joseph, in that anointing, in that mantle that he carried, that gave him the insight of how to be able to, uh, to decipher Pharaoh's dream, but to give him wisdom how to, how to, how to walk it out. Because the wisdom of God is the application, how to walk it out, how to bring this into play. So he was using kingdom mindset, kingdom kingdom. Uh, realities and thought process to give to Pharaoh and Pharaoh was amazed but until then Joseph was in the prison being wait, waiting to be called up and then he gets called up God called uh, he gets called up because Pharaoh has a dream a dream that he can not shake it's troubling him and none of his none of his soothsayers and magicians and and all these other people had no answers for him no answers for him. Why? Because anything that comes from God, 
from Yahweh is spirit and flesh and the realm of, of men cannot and never will be able to decipher or to discern or to interpret anything that comes from the spirit of God. That's why Jesus told the told uh, Peter, told the enemy, said, get behind me, Satan. You are mindful of what? The things of men. You've lost that to know the things of God. So you've been demoted. So the enemy doesn't know what God is doing. He only knows the realm of men and men only know the realm of men. It is only that which is in spirit. That's why the Bible says he's looking for worshipers who will worship him where? In spirit and in truth. Because without worshiping in the spirit and truth, you will never know what the spirit of God is saying. So it takes the spirit of God to worship God, to, the, to be able to move and breathe in the things of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so he gets this down low. The man, he, 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 uh, he interprets his dream, all of a sudden remembers. Oh, hey, there's a guy down there in a prison that told me my dream. He might be able to tell yours. Now, could that dude have remembered Joseph a whole lot sooner? God didn't allow him to, because it was not time. So there's a time and season for which you're going to be needed, which the reason for which you are here for is going to take shape and form, and you're going to be ready to step into it if you walked it out with the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Joseph gets this call. They get him up, bring him up for Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him his dream, and he tells him, Pharaoh, this is what your dream meant. Boop, 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 boop. And Pharaoh was so amazed that guy went from the dungeon to being governor because why? That is who we are. We are truly governing spirits, apostolic governing spirits that are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We're meant to govern over the spheres of influence, over the areas where God was sent, whether it's business, arts and entertainment, family, religion, politics, or, which is government. Um, um, what's the other ones? Uh, there's seven of them. And you're meant to sit on them. You're meant to sit in those. You're meant to govern aspects of these things because why? We have that same kind of nature, just like our father who is governing over the whole world. He gives us as his children, the ability to govern over things so that the world can see who he is because you are a living epistle read by men. Men are get to know who God is as they look at you. That's why your character, the fruits of the spirit is so important because it's not the gift that exhibits God Gift is, the, the devil can do that. What exhibits the Lord is the fruit of the spirit. That's where people get to see God because there's fake, there's fake healings. There's fake words of words of knowledge and words of wisdom. The devil has a counterfeit for, for the fruits of the spirit, but he has nothing for, I mean, he has, he has, he has a counterfeit for the gifts of the spirit, but he has nothing for the fruits of the spirit because he doesn't have no character. And the character can only be developed by the Lord. Can be developed by the Lord. To get you ready to show the world who God is. And people get to see it like, wow. I never would have thought I'd seen the Lord in, in until I met you. Or in they get or they get on the other side of glory. And the Lord says, I don't remember ever seeing you. The Lord said, Do you remember Deanna? I mean, do you remember De uh, Diana? Do you remember Jennifer? 
You remember Karen, when I used them in this place here, they're like, whoa, that was you? Yes, that was me. You are meant to do more than what you have settled for, what you think you, you, you're, you're supposed to be in. You're more than what men have said. That's why we got to spend time with the Lord and allow him to do what needs to be done so that what he has sent you here on the earth for can take reality in your life. It would be crazy to live this life and not become the thing that God designed for you to become because you chose to believe, you chose to believe what everybody else has said instead of what God was saying. You dared to, you that got what God is saying just seems so out of my reach. It's only out of your reach if you if you if you if you stay where you are. But if you dare to get out of where you are to lay hold of what God is saying, I guarantee you you'll step into something else. You'll step into something special. And so for a man or a woman to become those things that God is saying there needs to be a delight in the law of the Lord. There needs to be a meditating in God's word day and night that you would become this tree that's planted by rivers of water that would bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaves would not wither and whatsoever you do will prosper. But it all starts with, do you delight in the Lord? Do you delight in the law of God? That's my question to you. Do you delight in God's word? Do you really delight in it? And if you don't, it's okay if you don't, because if you're willing, that can change. But if you're not willing, that's a problem because then you'll never become what God wants you to become if you don't delight. Because when you delight in something, you'll keep it before you. When you don't delight, you'll be very casual and nonchalant about it. I think if people actually understood how powerful the word of God is and what God wants to do, they would really jump on board. But they say, oh, these are just words. These are just words. No, they ain't words. Can I tell you that the new age people, they call it manifesting. They, they believe in it, but they, but they don't believe, they believe in it apart from Jesus. That's the difference. They want it, they want the things that Christianity has, but they, they want the fruit, but they don't want the one who the fruit is coming from. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So they'll call it manifesting. Yeah, we manifested this. When you hear somebody talking about it, that's new age. I manifested this. They believe in that. But we are not manifesting anything apart from God. We are walking this out so that we can be prepared. Because when you try to manifest something apart from God, what you are getting rid of is the perfecting power of God that transforms you. And then, so when you're not in that space, you're not transformed. All you're doing is manifesting things for the purpose that you can get, but you have no integrity and you have no ability to steward what God has given you and you what? If you're not careful, you will what? Crumble and fall. That which you're manifesting will crush you. Because the power to transform and change and get you ready for that is what you don't want. We as believers, we are walking out this word that God has given us with him. 
And that power is there to change and refine us and get us ready so that what? When we get on the other side, we're ready to steward and handle well what God has given us and really represent him well. And, and it's not about the stuff. It's always going to be about him. That's why the Bible says they want, they like a form of godliness, but they deny the power or they don't want the power of thereof. Because why? The power says that you have to change. And in their mind, they say, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I just want the stuff. And what they go after will be short-lived because the thing that was going to sustain and keep that going, they did not develop. All they did was chase the end result. God sustained and prepared so that what you get at the end will live on and really bless you and them that are around you. There's a difference. And so tonight, the Lord really wants to speak to you. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Do you delight in the law of the Lord? And some of us on here, that guy, there is a call. There's calls on your life. And if you're called to be a prophet, the road is not going to be easy. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy road. It's not an easy road just being, just being, just being a regular saint. It's not going to be an easy road. It won't be as hard, but it's going to be, it's going to be what you need. Do you know the road that you're walking has been fashioned and conditioned for you? Says Psalms 19, says Psalms 139. And on this side of glory, you don't know you can handle these things, but everything has been conditioned for you. And it's God that takes you through to show you, you can handle these things. On the other side of glory, when you were in, with him over here, you, you knew you could handle it. But when you got over here, you had no clue. Because why? All that was there. Now it's going to come at the proper time here. And as you walk things out, you're going to see that you can overcome as you believe in him. You're going to, I can overcome as I believe in him. As I believe in him, I can overcome. And you can see you're going to do more. You're going to do all these great things. You're going to remember the things that were talked about, but they're going to be revealed to you over here. That's why it's called revelation over here. But really you are remembering the conversation that you and God had way back when before you were in the belly of your mom. So we want to delight in God's word because it's going to take that type of heart posture to really become what God wants. And it's not just about becoming because God is never chasing the end result. He's enjoying the beginning and the middle. It's always going to be about your heart. The day you said yes is the day he was grateful that you and him are reunited. And he could take you home in that moment because you fulfilled it. He's, you're back together. He'd take you home. But because he sent you here and you got something to do, he can't break his word. But know that the moment you said yes to God and you begin to walk with him, that was enough to take you home to go be with him forever. So what does that tell you? It's not about the stuff. You'll give an account for the things that you're going to do, but it's never been about the stuff. It has always been about you. These things that we get to do, yes, we'll give an account for, but these are things that God has sent us here to do, to what? To show the world who he is. 
so that we can be a part of what the word says that my glory, the glory, the glory of the Lord will what? The knowledge of God's glory will cover the earth like the water cover the seas. The whole earth is going to know who God is through his children as they allow God to do what needs to be done in them. Does that make sense? Because that's what God is doing. But know that it's always going to be about your heart because God doesn't love the stuff over your heart. He loves that you and him are reunited. And if you allow him to do what needs to be done, he will, he will do wonders in your heart because one of his plans is to mend the broken heart, put it all back together and give it perspective. But he wants to build you up back so that you can be just like he wants you to be. Amen. So there are some of you that are called for some things and God has got to take you through the process. And that's why it's so important to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to let go of things and not try to keep holding on to the world. Because I'm going to tell you, you can hold on to your conformity. You can hold on to the stuff that you think you need to hold on to. And guess what, friends? I'll tell you, those things will allow the road that you're walking to, to be extended. So you'll spend more time in, in trial and error but um, instead of getting through so that you can get to the other side, you'll spend more time there. So that means laps around the mountain because you won't let stuff go or you won't deal with stuff or you'll run and not and break and allow God to deal with these things. The road doesn't have to be as long, but it is because of human nature. Hence the, the, hence the children of Israel, the journey between the promised land and Egypt was only 11 days. Journey, walking with 2 million people. But what? God waited two years to kind of prepare them, trying to get them ready. Because why? They, they come out of bondage. All they know is bondage. But what? Even after what he did on a grandstand was not enough to win them over, they always complained and murmured. And guess what? And because they murmured and complained and thought Egypt was better than what God had for them, instead of a three-hour three tour, they ended up in the wilderness 40 years. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the word of the Lord has a beginning time and an ending time, but can be extended. Here's the interesting thing. God tells Noah, tells Abraham about his people that they were going to fall in Egypt. They were going to be there and they're going to be there for 400 years and they're going to be delivered. They ended up staying 430 years. Again, why? Because of human nature. People not wanting to address and trust God and allow God to come in and do these things or people just not want to let go of their stuff, feeling like I need to hold on to this while I'm with the Lord. When Jesus said, if you don't put your hand to the plow, you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom because you will not see the kingdom constantly looking back. Look, look, at, Lot's, look at Lot's wife, told not to look back what happened. Her heart was there. That's why the Bible says wherever your where your where your, your your heart is where your treasures are. If you value and treasure the world the way things were before you were saved, you value and treasure those things, then you will never step into what God has for you if you're not willing to let those go because that's where your heart is. So you got to shift your heart and begin to value those things that are above, meaning God, meaning those things of God. Because if you don't allow those things, then their heart will take you where where you want to, where, where you, where your, uh, where your heart is open to. And so we got to, we got to allow God to do what needs to be done. We should, I would encourage you to.
because it's not enough to hear all this here and we and we are still a year later in the same space we haven't moved forward because i know saying that says either things either remain the same they know things either change remain the same or get worse so even if you decide even if you don't move forward you don't ever stay in a place you get worse because why you're behind you're not in step you're out of season with the lord lord is here and you're here he's ready to do this and you're you're still doing this here trust me and i'll tell you i've done it too i have to repent get back in speed get back in the speed to him okay lord where you at god so i can get with you yeah everybody's done it but once you get a taste of that and it seems and you see the length of it then you're like okay yeah i don't want to do that i want to stay in step with you i want to move in step with you so that and, I, and how do you care how do you move in step with the how do you move in step with the lord steward your dreams well because god's going to speak to you through dreams steward the words of the lord that god gives you steward what god jumps out of scripture steward those well be proactive move on those things if god is saying do this do it don't drag your feet God is telling you, you need to move a place, get out of there, get out of there. Don't get caught up with emotions, with stuff. Go. Because when if you get caught up, you can be caught up in a, and your development will be arrested and where you should be. And then you and people, I, I see people all the time talk themselves into staying where they where they shouldn't. I see it all the time. I've done it. <laughs> I feel like I'm and Lord's like, mm. and I'm telling you. We got to move with the Holy Spirit. And when you're not moving, when you're not in that space, God will let you know. He will reveal to you. Thing is, sometimes God is speaking to people and the people are not listening. And then they wonder why they're in the space that they're in. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for each and every person that is on here and I pray for those that are going to listen. I ask that Father, that you would reveal to them where they are, what you're doing in this season. As we are coming to the close of a, the secular year, we've already begun the, 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 um, the, uh, your calendar and, and, um, during the time of Raha Hashanah. And we're just asking God that we would know what you're planning, that we would be people of purpose planning the things that you're doing, looking and being mindful of the things that you want to see, see in our lives or take shape and form that we would be a people that walk with purpose and walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And I pray for anybody on here right now, if they are not in step with you or they're not in that space, Father, Lord, that you would reveal to them that that you would reveal to them right now. And I pray that you would release a presence, a, a, a glory of the Lord, because the power of the glory of the lord has this ability to center people so i ask that people would be centered right in the will of god that you would be right in the midst of what you're supposed to be doing and i pray that lord god that they would they would continue to stay in step with you that they would let go of their conformity that nothing is worth them staying behind that, Father, that they would continue to press into what you have for them because everything you have for them is good. And you're taking them into good and you're not going to stop until it's good. I pray that they would be convinced about who you are, that they would be convinced about what you're calling them into, that they would allow you to do what you can only do, that you would go allow them, Father, that they would allow you to come in 
and do surgery, fillet their hearts, go in and remove things and get those things out that are getting in the way, that are hindering, that are impeding on them being able to follow you successfully. Father, I pray that they would keep the word of the Lord ever before their hearts, ever before their minds, so that the word can wash them and reveal and make known and gouge out and cause them to be and become you on this side of glory. Father, I plead the blood over them and I just speak hope and faith and, and strengthen them right now, Lord. I, I speak over them that they would step into what you have. But what you have for them takes humility. And I pray that if there's any pride or there's any lifted up parts in their heart, that Father, you would make all mountains and all high places low in Jesus' name and you would expose it so they can repent and break their, their fellowship or their or or their or their confidence in 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 what they're prideful about because pride is only the fake field only the fake shield of faith it 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 tries to hide and protect that which is weak but guess what god it doesn't it's it, it's 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 a poor shield of faith is what it is so father i pray that you would cause those things to be exposed so that they can come out of partnership with it and be humble and be hungry and be like children because you said the children get get the kingdom they get to experience the kingdom the peer in heart get to see god father i pray tonight lord that you would touch them you would touch them tonight and what was said tonight would be spoken and that father i pray tonight that in their stance for what you're calling them for that they would not be offended by standing for justice, but being unjustly treated for the thing that they're doing right. Run and not get weary, that they would walk and not faint. And that they would not be weary and well-doing because there is a harvest. There is a harvest for them to reap if they faint not. And Lord, we just thank you for their lives. We thank you for all that you're calling them into. And we, and we thank you, Lord, for everybody that's going to listen, that they would encounter you, that they would really hear and really and let the words that are spoken hammer and bust up the, the hardened areas and allow the fire of God to move all the dross so that the fine gold that they are would come forth and be seen by the world that people would behold the glory of God full of grace and truth. Father, we thank you tonight and we thank you for this opportunity to feast on your word and to feast with you. We love you today and we, we adore you, Lord. And we're so grateful for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.